Ah, yes. Welcome back to Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. This morning, it's Trent Copeland in the chair for Vossi, who was up calling the Queensland Cup Grand Final yesterday, broadcasting from the studios of SEN SEN Sydney, 11.70am. And it's a big welcome for the first time this morning to those of you listening throughout Queensland, 6.93am in Brisbane, 16.20am in Gold Coast, and throughout regional Queensland via our SEN track network of radio stations. And, of course, good morning to those of you listening anywhere in the world through the SEN app. Of course, every Monday morning we are very lucky. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT of rugby league, and he is with us for the hour. Cameron Smith, you're on the line. Good morning. Good morning, boys. How are we going? Going good, Cam. Going good. Uh, Your weekend, a weekend of footy, but also uh, I just happened to – Wanted to pass the television Sunday morning, and uh, there's, there's Cameron Smith the, 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 making the debut on Sports Sunday. Yes, yes, uh, debut on Sports Sunday, Sunday, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. It was uh, Brandy, and uh, I'll tell you what, I was a little bit nervous. I was in there with Tubby Taylor, of course, mm-hmm. uh, yes. um, the great Australian cricket captain, former Australian cricket captain. Um, but no, it was great fun. It was really good fun. As far as debuts go, it would have been up there. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Copes, I was was sweating bullets before it. I was more nervous before my uh, debut yesterday on Sports Sunday than I was my first great debut. So it was good fun talking all all sports and, um, yeah, covering across all the – not just the domestic stuff, but all the global stuff too. So it was good fun. Uh, just before we get into the uh, the chat on the NRL, there's there's been some reaction to Vossioki. Um We've just played a song, Cam, just in case you missed it. Uh, we had uh, Justin Timberlake, Crimea River, uh, and that was in light of uh, the, all the chat about home and away grand finals. But uh, Big G says, I've heard some rubbish in my time, but uh, that Wasioki takes the cake. Please, never again. Uh, West, <laughs> West, uh, now, this one. Now, now this, is, see, this is where we need Vossi because Vossi's, Vossi's music, well, it's, not, well, it's a little bit left field, but... Uh, the Aussie punk rock virtuoso's Friends or Rom did a cracking version of Home and Away theme song and their first uh, EP, Dick Sandwich. Um, so, <laughs> Friends or Rom. See, we could have played the Friends or Rom punk rock version of Home and Away. Um, and, uh, and so, the, for the, Queensland listeners, just before the break, we're, we're talking Vossioki around 8 o'clock every morning. And this morning it was Crimea River because of all the chat about home finals, whether you should play at a neutral venue. Mm. It just, it's a whole heap mm. of whinging that, in, in my opinion, Cam, I don't know what your thoughts are, but the whinging should be done either in the off-season or multiple weeks in advance of this, not when your team gets stiffed by it. No, that's right, Coach. Not not when it's week of that game, is it? So we've all known the sort of the, the setup and the situation of finals footy. If you, if you get the first week, if you're lucky to play the first week, of finals, you can host it at your home ground, but after that, it's it goes by capacity, doesn't it, Brandy? Capacity uh, yeah, of stadium. Well, well yeah, it does. Well, that, it's like minimum numbers. Exactly. That that affects your ability to host at, and and certainly the, you know, suburban stadiums don't fit the bill to host a prelim final. Um, you know, that's that's, right. that's exactly. But you would have because you would have played a lot of uh, prelim finals in Melbourne, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, no, we certainly did, mate. We, mm. um, we, oh, geez, I would have played maybe four yep. prelims, five yep. prelims, maybe Amy Park. So they jammed, they crammed them in there for those ones in particular. Like we've, I think our, 
biggest crowd we had there was like twenty nine thousand. So was um, the I, I yeah, can't I, I can remember being down there covering. Was it the Cowboys? That would have been your only loss in a prelim yeah. final at home. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, actually, no, no. We we, we lost a prelim. No, we lost a prelim. If you remember, twenty eleven to the Warriors. Oh, ah, yeah, right. right. Wow, that's that's turning back yeah. the clock, isn't Sean it? Sean yeah. Johnson, Sean Johnson, he um he absolutely tore us to shreds last uh, in in that in that season. A lot like he did to the Knights on the weekend. That was his debut season too. Wow, and he's yeah. still flying now. How he's still flying. And and Cam, that that is like there's some great storylines. In, in, well, you know, Newcastle looking for eleven in a row. The Warriors story really of, of redemption and the, you know, the, the rebirth of the Warriors as a footy side in mm. 2023, but it's also the, the renaissance of that man, Sean Johnson. Like that, that's an incredible story yeah. when you think about, you know, and, and there's been times where people have said, Oh yeah, but he's back home and he's happy. Mate, the Warriors got rid of him. Mm. The Warriors said, see you later. Like you go and find another yes. club. So it wasn't as if there's been a turnaround from the, the Cronulla times it's been a turnaround. I, mm. I, I think it's. I think it'll be four or five years since Sean Johnson has displayed anything like he has this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there, there was a point in time there, Brandy. I was, you know, watching Sean Johnson play, and I'm thinking, well, I, I, I think he might, he might finish up soon. Mm. You know what I mean? Just, just yeah. with the way it, it looked like, you know, his body was starting to let him down a little bit. Um, I know he's been, you know, troubled with this calf injury over the last sort of months, but, um, but the way he's turned his form around this year and and the style of footy that he's playing, it was interesting. I was listening to him pre-game um, on Saturday, and he spoke about how, like, he's acknowledged now and he recognises that he's not the Sean Johnson that he was in the early days, with you know the same blistering pace, you know, that that left foot, right foot step that he could, you know, beat multiple defenders. So what he's actually done, he, he's changed the way he game, the way he plays the game slightly. He plays with a lot more tempo now. You see on the weekend when he he had a hand in those first three tries, he, he wasn't overly he wasn't moving overly fast. He, he he would he would accelerate, but then he'd slow down and he'd manipulate the defense for his outside men. So I think that's that's been a big part of it, fellas. Is that he's actually sat down and thought to himself, well, look, I'm not the Sean Johnson I was ten years ago. So I'm not going to try and play like him. I'm going to play what you know the way I can now with with what I have with my you know physical attributes, and he's absolutely playing the house down. Mm. I've always I've always you know when talking about you in your career, um, you know you were the player in that the chaos around the ruck, how chaotic it can be. You were the one mm. dummy half that could just and and one of your skills was to have the ability to slow things down, and that's. That's exactly how Sean Johnson's playing, and you know, in the in that area of halfback where you've got two or three defenders in nice and tight, uh, his ability. And you're right; he he doesn't run at the line with great speed, but uh, the deception that he has in his game uh, has made him just as effective as that speed and right foot step and left foot step. Well, that's the beauty of it, Cam. I know you love all your sports, but my, when you're talking about that. I think actually in in all sports, the elite of the elite have the ability to have time under pressure. The, I'm thinking, you know, the LeBron James, the Chris Pauls in the NBA lens, they have spatial awareness to even in the heat of battle with bodies flying everywhere and their clock 
going down in the biggest moment, it's time, spatial awareness, pick the right pass. Sean Johnson, the same, Cam Smith. Steve Smith is one that I think about in the heat of battle with 150 k's an hour flying at him. Mm. They have that just little bit of extra time than everyone else. And uh, it's great to watch for Sean Johnson. Cam, my question to you, we sat here with Vossi what felt like months ago talking about who are the real contenders in the NRL when they're fighting for places in the eight. Can the Warriors go all the way after that 40 to 10 win? Oh, well, I'll tell you what, if, if they play the way they did um, on Saturday against Newcastle, they're a chance. The, the one thing that, you know, they're taking on the Broncos, the one thing that they need to be very good at is, is withstanding a lot of physical pressure early, which is what Melbourne, they, they failed to do in that first week of finals. What, what Bron- the Broncos did was they just absolutely blew them off the park with their physicality. Um, with their with their energy, with their intent to carry the ball, and even to get off their line and, and, and attack the Storm ball carriers, that's what that's what's coming for the Warriors this week. That I, I can't see the Broncos changing their game plan or their style that the way that they're going to attack this game, particularly in the early exchanges. If the Warriors can keep the Broncos to to nil after 20 minutes, and then somehow find a way to go down the other end and score some points. It may just create some some little bit of doubt in the mind of a lot of these Broncos players. They've only that like that that game a fortnight ago was their first finals game, and there's going to be so much expectation on them at home, playing at Suncorp, big crowd, to progress through to a grand final. Um, it may just put a little bit of doubt in the back of their mind. Uh, now the elimination finals last week were outstanding. Sharks, Roosters, Raiders. Newcastle up there in Newcastle, uh, as was the Storm Roosters on Friday night, Cameron. It was, it was another, mm, it was yeah. another terrific game played by two sides that were undermanned, went in without some of their stars, host of three quarters missing for the, yep. for the Roosters, but and Jerome Hughes not there, but uh, turned out to be a, you know, a riveting affair. Yeah, it was Brandy. They. Um... I actually thought that the Roosters were going to take that away from the Storm. I, I really did. And then they, they made a decision to go down their short side. If you remember late in that game, um, Jackson Bolo spilled, spilled the ball, which gave the opportunity to, to the Storm to, yeah. to try and find that last-ditch play. And, and who else but you know Cameron Munster to, to come up with a, a clutch kick at the end. But then the effort of Will Warbrick to um, outleap Junior Ponga on that far side and then to score the try was, was incredible. I um I was actually really impressed with Tyron Wishart. Mm. You know he he um, was given that that role. That that's a huge moment for him. You know to be thrown that that role of playing halfback at the absence of Jerome Hughes to go into that environment of a of a sudden death game, playing against a team that had that had won six in a row. They were they were very confident. Although under man, as you said, Brandy, they were confident. They they played tough, and I thought he did a fantastic job. But they um. They just scraped through by the skin of their teeth, the storm. Yeah, they because when you look at the Roosters and, and individually, some of the Roosters played, you know, arguably their best games. I, I thought Victor Radley was just outstanding. Every time Very he touched good. the ball, something happened for the Roosters. Uh, even the players that filled in, Momorowski and Corey Allen. Terrell great. May. Terrell May was incredible. Yeah. So, that, so you know, you run through that Roosters team. You know, um, Lindsay Collins was terrific. So, yeah. Th- they they had a job and and 
you know, credit to Melbourne's defence because the Roosters threw plenty at them. Like they had a lot of ball and in different periods and played some really good footy, but Melbourne were able to keep them to two tries. Yeah, they um they hung in there and they and you know what they they actually played tough. If you go back to that game against the Broncos, like there was plenty of effort, and they played tough. They just they just didn't play a lot of smart football. Where I thought, you know, particularly Munster and Harry Grant, they they had a a huge improvement from their first week of finals um, to this week. It was interesting to see the decision how Craig Bellamy. He, he put he started with Harry Grant on the bench and Bronson Garlic at nine. Yeah. I think that was just a really just a you know, well well take Harry out of that first sort of fifteen, twenty minutes, take the sting out of the game a little bit, let the game slow down a touch, and then throw Harry on there, much much like he does um in state of origin for the Queensland side when Ben Hunt starts and then Harry gets on there after about fifteen or twenty minutes. So I thought that that move was a positive move for the team. Um, you seen when Harry come on, his first touch, he had a nice run. Um, and then not, not too long later, he uh, he made a dent in the Roosters' defence, played the ball. They went out to their right-hand side. He followed the ball, got an offload, and then set up a try for Marion Seve. So that was that was a pretty smart move by Craig Bellamy. And um, I think, you know, for particularly Harry Grant and Cam Munster, they were... Well, they were filthy after their performance against the Broncos and they, and they needed to respond with a, with a good game and they both played well. Cam, you know these blokes better than anyone, really. Uh, how would Harry Grant have taken the news that you're going to start on the bench in a big final after a loss? Yeah. Well, well Copes, I think he, he would have been disappointed. There's, you know, everyone wants to start, right? You you want to be the, the guy that goes out there in that first 13 to, to start the game and hopefully play the entire 80 minutes and finish the match, but I think under the circumstances, I think Harry would have understood where Craig was coming from. And and I guess it would have been a little bit easier because it wasn't the first time that they've they've gone with that setup with the start of the game this year. I think that's probably the third third time that Craig's gone for that option with Harry off the bench as well. So it's not a new thing, but at the same time I think I think there's no doubt that Harry would have preferred to start it and you know, who knows? I, I actually asked him post game whether he thought um, they'd keep that same um, lineup going into this this big game against Penrith this weekend. Um, he didn't give too much away, but he just said, he just said, look, whatever's best for the team, he's happy to do. Yeah, absolutely spot on. You're listening to Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. Trent Copeland in the chair this morning for Vossi and the GOAT Cameron Smith with us as well. We got Vossi himself coming on with a Wallabies update after the break. Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. It's Copes in the chair this morning for the great man himself. We've got the goat on the line, Cameron Smith. But we mentioned off the top, Redcliffe, Queensland Cup Grand Final. Vossi was there on the ground. That's why he's not here this morning. But he stopped the plane. On his way home this morning, he stopped the plane. He's got off. <laughs> and he's here to give us an update on the Wallabies because here's a timeline for you. Late finish last night. Couldn't get back this morning. 6 a.m. flight. But we heard the 1.30 a.m. kickoff. For the Wallabies, texts were flying through. And then Vossi's obviously at the airport at 4.30 this morning. This is extraordinary timelines. Vossi, are you with us? Uh, yeah, thank you, Trent. You're doing a, not a bad job. Okay, not better. bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on platform 16, mate. Yeah, hello, Cameron. Hello, Brandy. Platform 16 at Central. Oh, on my you. way to uh, film for the fan this morning, having oh, called the game last night. Yes, in between... Watch the Rugby World Cup. Wow. Mr. Underwhelmed on the line. 
Yes. Well, 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 tell us a bit about it because it, actually I got some texts about quarter past four when I got up, um, but you were, yep. you were sending them 45 minutes before that. So you've, you've had no yep. sleep. I've watched the whole lot. Yeah. Right. Okay. I've watched the whole lot. Take us through it then. Take us through what well, you, well, your, your, what you, you know, you learned out of that. Well, let's first of all get one thing out of the way. Fiji, congratulations. Don't want to take away from their moment. But I'll ask you fellas, maybe Cameron, he might be the smartest bloke there. What's the opposite <laughs> of a golden era? I'm thinking the Wallabies might be going through the Leaf era. <laughs> Wow, I, I, I don't know. What, what is the opposite of the golden era? Um, oh, by the way, it's okay because Sonny Bill Williams said they're still a great side in the post-match analysis. That was enormous. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, the one, honestly, I, I, now this is through a rugby league lens, fellas, but what I saw this morning was so limited from a side. And, and I must put it in perspective. Fiji were not great. They were good. They weren't great. They scored one try. I mean, the Fiji, we know you're thinking of, you know, expansive football, I suppose. Their reputation from seven uh, comes first and foremost in a lot of people's minds. But that was just tough, really. Mm. Um, but an 18-7 penalty count against Australia. The whole logic of the performance. Carter Gordon replaced four minutes into the second half, or, you know, early in the second half. That's their that number 10. That's their number no, 10, their number Carter 10. Gordon. That's yeah. right. It's, yeah, it's, it's taking off one of your key playmakers, uninjured reshuffling things, and I found that astonishing. Um, is it? I, I, I'm not sure what Eddie Jones is up to, but I don't know whether this World Cup is priority, the way we're, the way we're attacking it. it well, it, it's, surely they're not building for the next World Cup already by blooding all these youngsters. Um, is, it, is it just a fact, Andrew, that we, we don't have the team, we don't have the players to do what Eddie wants? Well... I'm not sure I know what Eddie Jones wants. That's probably the first thing. You're going to have to get a, a greater rugby union mind on to know what is the style of play. I mean, I, I will bring it in a rugby league context. Um, I, I feel as if, I felt this morning as if I was watching the Tigers. And I don't mean that flippantly. I'm saying I watched a side that doesn't have a great deal of confidence, is limited in what they can do, and I'm not quite sure what they are trying to do. And, and highlighted... Again, get a great rugby union mind on. With seven to go, and down by seven, we engaged in a kicking duel of some three minutes. Mm. I, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand. That in the middle of the field, 26 players stood watching a back four kick to each other. That seemed astonishing. Astonishing. Nothing left in the deck to go to. Nothing. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, Vossi, while we've got you here, mate, what about the NRL over the weekend? Some incredible matches, and particularly Friday night. Storm Roosters, what did you make of it? Trent, I just wanted one more comment, if I may. Oh, go, uh, Joseph go. Swalihi and Angus Crichton and whoever else ain't going to fix what the Wallabies have. As for the finals <laughs> over the weekend, no, no, I loved it. Um, loved it. Uh, Warriors is an amazing story. Um, the fight of Melbourne was, was incredible. The finish, Will Warbrick, you know, rookie winger in his first year. Um, no, no, just some amazing moments. Next weekend should be epic. And a poly, uh, you know, brush game last night with the Queensland Cup grand final. What a story there. I mean, the Brisbane Tigers yeah. have lost their last nine grand finals. Um, yep. That was amazing. And Riley Jacks, who you know well, Cameron, his great-grandfather, his grandfather, and his father played for the club. I think that is just one of the most mm. beautiful 
stories I've come across in their 90-year history. He's a fourth-generation player. Yeah. And there he was winning the title. Uh, it was a, it was a incredible. Yeah, it? And Keanu Kinney, folks. Wow. Mm. How good. The Titans have got themselves a Reese yeah. Walsh and they've already got Jason Campbell and AJ Brimson. Yeah, he's a, he's yeah. a talent, Rolly isn't he? He's a champion player. Champion player, Rolly Jackson. He's a champion fellow too. My old man will be happy, boys. He's a former East Tigers uh, player way back in the mid-70s. So he'll be a happy man this morning with the Tigers getting a premiership. But what about a couple of uh, father-son combos as well, Bossy, in that East Tigers side? So uh, oh, Alex what? Chan's young young fella, Joe Chan, yeah, Joe and, Chan. And, yep. and Cole Geyer, Matt Geyer's son. Look really good, Cole. A tall dummy half, like yourself, Cameron. Um, you know, and it was Matt Guy who, who labelled. Was it? Was it Matt Guy who first labelled you the footballer in the accountant's body? Am I right in saying that? I think it was. <laughs> was he the first yes, yes, it was. You might be able to get back his son now. Um, you know, Cole's a bit like that, but definite ability there. John Lang was the last man to coach the Brisbane Tigers to a grand final victory way back in 1991. Is that right? They've lost nine in a row. We had a text earlier this morning, Vossi, congratulating the the, the East Tigers and saying that 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 was their their 10th grand final after losing nine straight, which is incredible. Yeah, they lost lost five in the format of the Queensland Cup, the Mm -hmm. Queensland-wide competition, and they lost their previous four Brisbane Rugby League grand finals as well. So, yeah, you've got to go all the way back to 91 yep. uh, to find a win and nine grand final defeats since. Okay, so the East, yeah, the East Tigers will take on the either the North Sydney Bears or South Sydney, um, who are in the New South Wales Cup final, and then they'll play the Super Final uh, on grand final day. So uh, we'll see what happens with the North's South's grand final to see who takes on the East Tigers. Andrew, what's on for the rest of the day? I know you're at Central Station now. What, what, what do you got on? Yeah. No, we're filming for the fan. Um, two episodes to go for the year, so we're going to get everything in the can today. That's how it works. And uh, then the rest of the time, I might just do some whittling. I might whittle oh. something like a, you know, a, <laughs> I, I don't know, out of some bolster wood, something like that. Well, in, enjoy your RDO. Reflect on my life. Yeah, enjoy the RDO. <laughs> reflect well, on my life. Yes, well, the fact that you stayed up, <laughs> I'm worried about you. The, the, the fact that you stayed up yeah, and watched the Rugby World Cup yeah. between 1.30 and 4.30. Uh, could yeah. be a I've already had that text this morning. Are you off air this morning because you're sick or you're off air because you watch the rugby? <laughs> <laughs> could be a couple of loose episodes of the fan, Vossi. Have a great day, mate. See you, Andrew. Yeah, well done. Yeah, well done, Brandy. Well done, Cameron. You're going okay, Trent. Just okay. <laughs> Just okay. Yep. Fair call. Fair call. All right. On that note, time for the news. Yes, thanks, Vanessa. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. And our open line number, 1300 01 1170, or text us on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Now, Breathtaking moments for ResMed, helping Aussies sleep and breathe better for over 30 years. Free online sleep assessment at resmed.com.au. Cam, we'll start with you. What was your breathtaking moment from the weekend of sport? Yeah, yeah, Cope, so um, I've gone for Will Warbury. had to be Will Warbury, hit the, the yeah, take, nice. the leap above Junior Ponga um, to seal the win for the Storm. In only his second season or second year of playing rugby league, fellas, so, of course, he come across from... Rugby sevens, where he played in the Olympics, picked up a silver medal. But he's um, yeah, he's taken to our game, rugby league, like a duck to water. So that's my highlight of the weekend. Will Warbrick, nice one, Brandy. What about you? Uh, I've got a couple. So uh, I've my breathtaking moment was the second try that the Warriors scored, and that was the footwork of Adam Fanua Blake, um, Sean Johnson wow. late on a pass. Wow. Fanua Blake, who's been 
I said, Cam, I, well, I don't think there's been a better front rower. There's been some that have, you know, might be as good as him. Payne Haas has had a great season. Lindsay Collins, uh, the Penrith duo, Fisher Harris and Moses Leado have been rock solid. But uh, Fanua Blake's been outstanding. And that footwork to score that try was, um, well, said it all about his season. Uh, the other one I've got is on behalf of all Newcastle fans, their breathtaking moment was Greg Marju dropping the ball on play three. Because that, that was it. That no. was the end of it. That, 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 the next time they got the ball was 16-0. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think they had two oh, three-tackled no. sets. Yeah. Their first kick in the game was 15 minutes into the game where they actually got through their first set. Oh man! Um, and, and I know Newcastle came back, but the game that was that was it. Sixteen yeah. nil. Yeah, it just had that ring to it of when you look around your team in in big games. When stuff like that happens in the first yeah. couple of minutes, you're like, oh no, oh no, it's one of those days. Uh, boys, mine will be uh, the Blake Acres goal for Carlton to come over the top of Melbourne in front of ninety six thousand yes. people. It's been, oh, I don't know, it feels like 100 years since Carlton have been here in the business end. Melbourne, the much more fancied team. Uh, that, was a, that was a breathtaking moment where all, I mean, I'm, I was yeah. a neutral watching that game, but that was magic. Mm. Uh, Cam, do, how much yeah. affinity do you guys, you've obviously played a lot of football down there. At, how's the affinity mm. levels with the AFL? Well, I think I think I think Christian Welsh said it all. Oh, this is uh, beautiful. Now, Cam, you you watch the <laughs> Christian Welsh has had some moments yes. this year at post match press conferences. Yes. Uh, the Newcastle jibe was a beauty. Uh, you watch that one. Just take us through it. Yep. Well, uh, well, they've gone to the press conference. They've had a, a tight victory, as we all know, against the Roosters. So they're all happy. And as the, the the game across the road at the MCG, it was in the final stages as both Craig Bellamy and Christian Welsh went into the, the uh, post-game press conference. And the game had just finished, right? But when Christian Welsh, he's a massive Dees fan. He loves the Melbourne Demons. Yeah. He's um, has, has been on board with them for yeah, a long, long time. Anyway, so he goes into the press conference. The Dees are up by five or, or four points thinking, well, we've got this. There's like a minute to play. There's a minute and a half to play. Yep. He sits down, starts a press conference, and then the the Melbourne media manager catches his eye and says, mate, they've just been beaten. <laughs> <laughs> so he looks across. Craig Bellamy's answering a question. And you can see Chris. He, it's, a, it's full ca- on camera. Yeah. And he looks across and he says, lost, what? And then just like folds his arms and puts his head down and shakes his head. Oh, that was it's brilliant. Like he just lost the game. I'm oh, led to so believe cool. that uh, he was asking before all of it started. He he was on the media manager to try and get a TV set up in the room. Right. A few of the journos said right. that afterwards, but that was brilliant. Uh, that's your breathtaking right. moments for ResMed, helping Aussies sleep and breathe better for over 30 years. Free online sleep assessment at resmed.com.au. We've got a couple of callers here, boys. Let's start with Phil from the Gold Coast talking Wallabies. Phil, did you watch the game? Good morning to you. Morning, boys. I'm in mourning, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's over, you reckon? Mate, I've watched literally every minute of this World Cup. Uh, we're shocked. Like, we were shocked when Eddie picked uh, untried 10 for starters. I mean, Carter, Garden, Carter, Carter Gordon is a club standard player at best. Yet he's trying to steer around the team on the biggest stage in world rugby. Our problems start back at the junior level. Do you know what I mean? We have 
horrible pathway system. If you don't attend a $40,000 a year school, you've got no chance of getting anywhere. Um, but then the flip side is being trying to get rugby into a public school. It's such a technical game. The teachers don't know what they're doing. Um, so there's really, it's a, at a crossroads. I mean, and I'm longing for the days where we see Todd O'Keefe score a try under the post in John Eels' last game again to, to beat the All Blacks. But, man, I mean, you've got guys like Jack Howard, rugby guy, going to league. Do you know what I mean? Half the GPS schools are filled with kids that are going to league clubs. Yeah, and that's that. That's right. That the, the problem starts. It's it's not at the well. The top end is what everyone sees, but but the problem with rugby is uh, is what's happening underneath. And and you're right about oh, the GPS yeah. schools. They don't take it upon themselves to prosper the sport. They don't care whether no. there's kids playing that, that are signed with leagues clubs. If they're the best kids, they'll bring them in anyway. So the GPS 100%. schools, even though the GPS schools have long been the avenue where rugby players are developed. Uh, what's happening now is kids are there, but they're, they're always going to play league after it. They're signed with leagues like league clubs, which is how they get their, their scholarships. So clubs yeah, will you, sign you them. Idea, Brandy. Mm. Yeah, mate, we've got kids at, um, uh, so my, my son's at a state high school in Brisbane that plays rugby. We had our last game of the GTS season a couple of weekends ago and half the kids don't even show up to play for the school because they want to rest themselves for their club rugby league grand final following day. It's just, and then the schools allow these kids to come and play rugby, taking positions away from kids that want to play rugby. That's right. They and, don't. And then you've got Phil War, another GPS old boy, running the damn show, who has no, um, just... I don't care. It's gone for Phil mm. Boy. We go another GPS boy. We go Shaw Boy. We go another Shaw Boy who's you know, tickling the backside of another Shaw Boy. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I do. It's great. It keeps me blown up um, because I want us to get back. Like, I want my kids to see us. Winter Blood is like, up. do you know what I mean? Like, man, like, it's 20 odd years since we've done that. My kids haven't seen that. My kids have seen us lose to Fiji. Like, yeah. Phil, Phil, there's a text here from the Rooster Man. He says, if the caller named Phil is watching every minute of the Rugby World Cup, he might need a therapist. I'm, I'm not sure that's too far wide of the mark, but thanks for your call thanks this morning, Thanks for the call, Phil. Phil. Good man. Good man. Now, let's get to another caller. We've got Danny in Hurstville to talk about Toby Green. This is brilliant. How good was Toby Green on the weekend, Danny? Uh, he's going to go down as one of the best football players ever to play the game. He's got players like Lee Matthews, Peter Dacos, they're sensational players, but this guy can go into the midfield. He can play up forward, and he's the best. He's the best player I've ever, ever seen play the game because he's intelligent. And the only thing that ever held him back was his temperament. But since they made him captain, he's pulled that in. And I guarantee you, guys, when he finishes his career, he's going to go down as the best player that ever played the game. Oh wow, and that is such a big call. The big only reason boy. why he's not called that now is to play for GWS. Yeah, it doesn't play in Melbourne. Um, he saw in Melbourne. Mate, he should win the games on his own. I think he kicked four goals on the weekend. I wonder about all the goals he set up yeah. and what he did. I think that... He is the most unbelievable player you'll ever see. I mean, Danny, the, the one thing a, you might need to consider is winning big moments. So you've got to win grand finals. You've got to be player of grand finals yeah. and things like that. So... Yeah, that's where it's going to be the challenge. Cam, what do you think of those comments? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's just—he was just made the—he um, was just made the All Australian captain as well, boys, this year. So there's no yep. doubt he's had a fantastic season. And I agree by being 
given the captaincy at GWS, has certainly it's settled his temperament a little bit. There's no doubt he's a fantastic player. Um, it's a big call though to say he'll be he'll go down as the greatest player ever. Certainly a very good player. I want to know though. I don't know. Have we still got our caller there? Yep, Danny still GWS, there. GWS can can GWS have the upset of the season and beat Collingwood? I'm a Collingwood supporter. I've been following my whole life. And I'm worried. I'm actually going down for the primary final. I'm really? the grand final. But I'll tell you, yeah, I'll tell you what, they're a very good chance to win the comp. Wow. They are playing unbelievable wow. football. I'll tell you what, what I did not expect was Danny saying that Toby Green could be the best player in the history of the game to be a Collingwood fan. That's crazy. <laughs> a Collingwood fan, yeah. Good oh, on you, Danny. brilliant. Danny, thanks for the call, mate. Love your work. Plenty more coming up on the other side. Oh, yes, you're listening to SEN Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. And obviously the GOAT is with us for this hour. And we've got some pull-up-your-socks moments to talk about, Brandy mm. and Cam. Pull-up-your-socks-for-underworks for, for all-day comfort, everyday quality, and everyday style. It has to be all-day socks by Underworks. Now, Cam, we'll start with you. Who needs to pull up their socks? Mm-hmm. Well, just straight off the uh, the results this morning, I'm going to have to say the Wallabies, boys. Oh, yeah, good one. Come on, fellas. Pull-up-your-socks. We, we have to win every other game now, don't we, just to be a chance. Yep. Yeah, we have to beat Wales next I weekend. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think it's a huge game. Wales are a good side, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, well, Wales are well, well, Wales are good enough to beat us anyway. <laughs> so I, I don't know if yes. Wales are a good yeah, side, but they're good enough I mean. to beat us. Isn't it funny? <laughs> he, he had, I mean. Brandy had conviction to sit here and look at me and say, you know what? Anyone can beat us, basically. Uh, the yeah. way we're playing. We scraped home against That's Georgia. A good one. Uh, well, does it? That, that it has to be a group. Pull up your socks, doesn't it? The Wallabies. Yes. Like, is there any? Like, unless yeah. Capes, unless you've got was, something better. I was going to say the Aussies in the cricket. That was uh, just sprung into my mind as Cam was talking Wallabies. Ooh. Three losses on the trot to mm. South Africa. Our big dogs come back in mm. for the little series against India before the World Cup. But we need to pull up our socks on the basis of three consecutive hundred-run defeats for Australia in the ODIs. Okay, so, that, that can be a Group One too. I think yeah. we all agree with that. We're all parochial Aussies. We all want our teams to do well, and they need to aim up. So that's pull up your socks for underworks, for all-day comfort, everyday quality and everyday style. It has to be all-day socks by underworks. Now, before we let you go, Cam, we've been talking Mm -hmm. all morning about NRL. Who's going to win from here? Obviously, the Broncos and the Panthers, heavy favourites. The Storm and the Warriors right there in the thick of it. Who's winning from here? Firstly, the games this weekend, and then who's going to win it all? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. Like the prelim finals, it's it's anyone's game, right? Like so, if one team just comes out and just plays the game of their season, they they could win it. So I'm referring to you know Storm upsetting Penrith, and also Warriors upsetting the Broncos. So you know I think that the odds at the moment are heavily favoured towards you know both Penrith and the Broncos and and understandably so given their performances in in week 1 um but just going off those form lines I think it's hard to look past you know a Penrith and a Broncos victory they have been the best two teams all year um so you, you would think at this stage they would progress through to play in the grand final and who takes it out well Geez, it's it's hard to split them at the moment. They play very different styles of football. Um, as I said, you know, Brisbane, they play that power game and they try to blow you off the park, whereas Penrith, they used to play like that. that that's the way they played in 2020, where they used to try and 
um, you know, score 30 points or 40 points in the, in, you know, the first 40 minutes of the game and then just hold on. Whereas now they grind away, they graft away, they're very patient and they're happy to win by, you know, a low scoring match. But at this stage, I still have Penrith on top um, in these final four teams. I think you, you, you need to give some respect to the team that's that's won the last two and still playing really well. Um, that's my sort of summation of what we have left at the moment. Interesting. Brandy, how do you line up with those thoughts? Uh, yeah, pretty similar. I, I think anyone's a chance to win. And I know they're outsiders, the Storm and the Warriors, for these two prelims. But uh, on their day, and if they get, uh, you know, if Jerome Hughes comes back into that Storm lineup and Xavier Coates and Melbourne play as good as they have this year and somehow Penrith are, are a little bit off their game, well, it, mm. that is a chance. And, and there's certainly a chance after watching the Warriors beat Newcastle that they could beat Brisbane. So y- nothing's a sure thing in a prelim final. Yeah, that um, is for they sure. They deserve favouritism, Panthers and the Broncos, but nothing is a sure thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cam, thanks for joining us this morning. What's on for the rest of your Monday? No, just a little bit of relaxing with the family. School holidays up here now, so um, oh. just going to enjoy some time with the fam and get ready for tomorrow. Beautiful. And, uh, yeah, look forward to the weekend, boys. Beautiful. Enjoy the day, mate. Beautiful. Enjoy the day. Good That's to talk. That's the goat, Cameron okay. Smith. Thanks for joining us, mate.